This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We have been talking these past few weeks about special encounters Jesus had on his way to face execution in Jerusalem. We will continue following his path in today's message as we learn when is it time to serve and when is it time to stop and listen. Stay with us for our message, Encounters. Don't just do something. Sit there. You've probably heard the statement, don't just sit there, do something. Well, Jesus turns that statement around in today's story. I hope you'll stay with us and find out more. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord, how good it is to gather around your holy word today. You have the words we need for life. So please speak to us, O God, as we come to you in worship. Your servants are ready to listen. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
friends, have you ever wondered how Jesus and his disciples spent their evenings? Where did they eat and sleep? I think they did a lot of camping. After all, he said to a potential follower, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That sounds to me like most nights were spent out under an open sky around a campfire. Some days, though, someone would welcome Jesus and those disciples to stay in their home. Such was the case in today's story, as we see them invited into the home of Martha. Luke begins our episode telling us that Jesus and his disciples were on their way. 
That's Luke's way of reminding us of the story's context. You see, Jesus had set his face to go to Jerusalem, where he would suffer and die and rise again and fulfill God's salvation plan. That's where they're on their way to Jerusalem. A woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now think about this. Thirteen tired and hungry men entering her home for the evening. I'd say Martha was not only hospitable, but generous as well. Unfortunately, an uncomfortable incident took place a while later in that home, as we see in the story. But as it turned out, Jesus was able to use it as a teaching moment. It was an unforgettable lesson the disciples remembered and then passed on to Luke. People struggle a bit with this story. At least that's been my experience. I've seen and heard and participated in Bible study groups that have argued with one another over whether Jesus was being fair in his response to Martha. Or or groups have had the tendency to wrestle with the question, am I a Martha type or a Mary type? What do I need to change? And we tend to always give Martha very low marks in this story. I have to confess, though, I kind of like Martha. She speaks her mind. And where would we be without Martha's who serve? As a pastor, I appreciate the Martha types that I've been blessed with in my congregation over the years. They really get things done. So maybe we're being unfair to Martha. After all, hasn't Jesus just held up serving your neighbor as a kingdom value in the story of the Good Samaritan, which is right before this little episode? What do you think? Is this story really dissing Martha, saying, don't be like her? Serving Jesus and instead be a Mary who sat there. I personally, I think it's a shame to play these women off against each other like that. After all, they were both friends of Jesus. Both had excellent qualities in the eyes of Jesus. And I'm sure that Mary had as much of a servant spirit and did things just as her sister did. So what is the point of this story. What's the takeaway for us? Well, let's look at it again and see what really happened. As we see, after Martha had welcomed Jesus into her home, she goes all out to put together a lavish meal with all the fixings and getting the place looking just right for Jesus. And Scripture says, though, she was distracted by all her preparations. That word distracted means she was drawn away. Her attention was drawn elsewhere. It was not on her guest of honor. She was caught up in it all, hurrying up to serve Jesus. I'm reminded of a story Pastor Chuck Swindle wrote in a book entitled Stress Fractures. He says, I vividly remember sometime back being caught in the undertow of too many commitments in too few days. It wasn't long before I was snapping at my wife and our kids, choking down my food at mealtimes, and feeling irritated at those unexpected interruptions throughout the day. And before long, things around our home started reflecting the pattern of my hurry-up style. It was becoming unbearable for everyone. I distinctly recall after supper one evening the words of our younger daughter, Colleen. She wanted to tell me about something important that had happened to her at school. She hurriedly began, Daddy, I want to tell you something I'll tell you really fast. 
Suddenly realizing her frustration, I answered, Honey, you can tell me. You don't have to tell me really fast. Say it slowly. I'll never forget her answer. Well then, listen more slowly. I think Martha was a bit like Chuck. She was distracted and irritated in her busyness and not listening. We see that her sister Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to what he said. Think about that. Jesus let her sit in and listen and learn like a male, as one of his disciples, which was unheard of for women in those days. It was quite a gift to Mary. But meanwhile, back in the kitchen, Martha is feeling deserted and is growing more and more irritated with Mary in the midst of her dinner preparations. Can't you just imagine this? Martha starts getting a little noisier out in the kitchen, banging things around a little harder, a little louder, sighing and moaning to herself, clearing her throat a little louder than usual to perhaps catch Mary's attention. But Mary doesn't budge. She continues to sit there at the feet of Jesus, taking in what He's saying, and that just galls Martha all the more. Who does that young lady think she is? She doesn't belong out there with the men, but in here with me, working, serving. Finally, Martha can't stand it anymore. She storms into the room and has a meltdown in front of everyone and takes her frustrations out, not on Mary, but on Jesus. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. I'd say that had to have put a bit of a damper on things. You could feel the air sucked right out of the room, I imagine. She kind of spoiled the dinner party, didn't she? Spoiled it for Mary by embarrassing her. Spoiled it for the disciples who were feeling now very uncomfortable, like they'd like to run out the door. You could say she spoiled her relationship with Jesus a bit. She's upset with him. Blames him for her unhappiness and irritation. Everyone's just sitting there staring at her, open-mouthed, and then Jesus breaks the silence, gently responds to her, Martha, Martha. I have a daughter named Martha, and my poor Martha has had to hear that line quoted at least a thousand times, I'm sure. And Jesus goes on to describe for Martha what he's observing and the solution for it as well. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset by many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. It doesn't sound here like Jesus is unappreciative of Martha's service, but he's concerned about the spirit that is developed in her because of all the many tasks she has put on herself. Martha, you're so worked up over all these things. Few things are needed. Indeed, only one. You're working too hard at your hospitality. It's overwhelmed you and upset you. Even one dish would be enough. I'm not here to make your life more difficult and anxious. More importantly, I'm here to see you and talk with you. Keep it simple, Martha. Sometimes it is better to keep it simple. 
By the way, earlier in this 10th chapter of Luke, Jesus instructs his disciples, who he sends out two by two, to expect little and not be a burden on the households that welcome them and, and to have little expectations of them. Just eat what they put in front of you, Jesus said. Now he's living that out in front of his disciples. Sometimes you see good serving might get spoiled by a bad attitude that gets developed. You might be asking, so how do I know when I'm getting to that place where I'm dangerously overboard with my hospitality and serving? Well, try this one on for size. When what you're doing drives you to distraction and makes you anxious and irritable and upset and judgmental and hard to get along with, that could be a good clue that you maybe need to simplify things a bit. Serving a lavish meal is a fine thing, but we can tarnish the whole affair when we wind up with a bad spirit about doing it. That doesn't do anybody any good. So this story isn't instructing us to just sit around, do nothing, and to serve Jesus. The serving is appreciated, but sometimes we need to keep it simple so we can do something even more important, which we See in the next statement of Jesus, he goes on to say, Mary has chosen what is better, which will not be taken away from her. She's chosen the better part. And what is this better part? The better part is to grab the opportunity to spend time with him and allow him to minister to you. To let him do something in you before you do something for him. Your soul, you see, needs his service and care. And time spent with him speaking into your life is time well spent. Don't just do, do, do something. Sit there. Shouldn't I be serving Jesus? Absolutely. But remember the one who said, pick up your cross and follow me, also said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It's so easy to get caught up in our busyness of serving Jesus and others and of the busyness of life and not sit with Jesus and let him serve us. And we get worn down by that. And it leads to explosions and meltdowns like we see in today's story. It leads to burnout, broken relationship with others, including Jesus, and moral breakdowns. We make bad decisions when we're so tired. This has a potential to create a troubled and lost soul out of touch with God, doing life without him. Since we're talking about souls, how is your soul, your inner person these days? Are you giving it the attention that it needs? While Martha was preparing her banquet, there was another banquet already being served in that home by Jesus that he wanted her to have. She was missing out on his rest for her soul. Are you these days missing out? I know how it can get so busy. 
A banquet awaits you when you spend time with him, taking in his words of grace and love and wisdom. A feast is prepared for you to enjoy as you worship him not only on Sunday with the community of faith, but every day of the week as you make time to stop what you're doing and open his word to let him speak into your life, to talk with him in prayer, to praise him in song. We learn today, there's nothing wrong with serving. Keep it up, it's a good thing. We're called to serve in Christ's name. But in this passage, we're also reminded that Jesus also came to serve us. He'll put words to this later on in Luke as he says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. I need that precious time with him. And so do you. Our souls require us to quiet ourselves in his presence. We need his words of life to comfort and encourage and guide us. We need to not just always be doing, 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 but to sit there and enjoy his company with us and allow him to put that song in our mouths. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. I want to close this message with a story, a very touching story that I read recently written by a fellow pastor. His name is Dan Meyer. This past week, I stood at a graveside with a small circle of people as we laid to rest one of the great saints of our church. We told stories there of how much better our lives were for the chance to know this man. Every one of us knew something of him. None of us knew all. But it was his marriage partner who knew the most. As we walked from the grave, she gave me an envelope containing a personal gift enclosed by a simple note. Please enjoy dinner with your lovely wife, the note read. Every minute together is precious. My first thought, I confess, was pretty self-focused. What a splendid timing. Amy and I are coming up on our 22nd wedding anniversary, and I'm going to take her out for a meal with this gift. Then as I sat in my car reading the note over again, the deeper significance of those words on the card started to settle in. The woman who had penned them had been with her own spouse on their 22nd anniversary, and she'd been there with him on their 32nd anniversary too, and on their 42nd and 52nd and 62nd and their 72nd year of married life. For most of her more than 90 years in this planet, she had built her life around the love of this man. She'd raised and buried children with him. She had faced storms and sunshines alike with him. She had soaked in and loved more of his heart, mind, soul, and strength than anyone else on earth. But for her, it was still not quite enough. Please enjoy the opportunity, she had urged me with trembling pen. 
And remember, every minute together is precious. And that, my dear friend, is our lesson that Jesus wants to write upon our hearts today. Remember, every minute together with me is precious. So don't just do something. Sit there. Amen. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to Thee. Just a closer walk with Thee. is my plea daily walking close to thee let it be dear Lord let it be let it be dear Lord Would you join me in this closing prayer? Almighty God, we thank you for the privilege you offer us to sit at the feet of Jesus and to take in his words that minister to our souls. By the power of your Spirit, help us to be disciples who are constantly hungry and thirsty for time with you each day in word and prayer. Lord, we get so easily distracted. Help us to be attentive to the one who has the words that we need, the words of eternal life, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way. May he go behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to take time to quiet yourself in God's presence. Receive his words of life to comfort, encourage, and guide you in his presence. 
Christian Crusaders currently broadcast on 26 radio stations across the United States, on the World Wide Web, and on shortwave radio across North America and Europe. Please consider, if you are in a position to do so, sending a gift to help cover production and broadcast cost of these stations. In this way, you become a partner in providing a Sunday worship service to those who need to hear the gospel message. Address your request to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. Today's service is also available to be read or heard anytime on the Internet. Please take time to visit our website at christiancrusaders.org. Visit our Facebook page to receive daily blessings from today's message. We are grateful you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us next Sunday for Pastor Lavik's message, If I Were a Rich Man. Conducting today's service was our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously for the past 83 years. May God bless you and your loved ones this week with His patient mercies and faithful, loving kindness.